Welcome to Hyperdive, a Star Wars podcast, where each week we will be taking a deep dive into a galaxy far, far away, talking about all the latest news from Lucasfilm, movie reviews, and hopefully entertaining analysis of the greater themes of the Star Wars saga. We would be honored if you would join us. This week, we go over all of the news that we missed because we weren't a podcast. Um, all of the news from Lucasfilm, from all of the movie announcements to show announcements to even some video game announcements. And then after that, we're going to give you our favorite Star Wars characters. We're going to give our favorite main character and our favorite background character. And then after that, we're going to dive in to Empire Strikes Back. We're going to break down that movie scene by scene, talking about all the spiritual themes that are hidden within, and there's a lot. One last thing before this intro is over. It would be greatly appreciated if you could just go leave a review on our iTunes or wherever you listen. Reviews are a massive part of widening our audience and getting more people to listen to our content. So if you enjoy the show, please go leave a review. In the future, we will be reading listener reviews live on the show. I'm your host, Josh Morgan, and that's it for my intro. Welcome back to Hyperdive. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about Empire Strikes Back and all the spiritual themes and all of that, blah, 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 blah. Um, but before we get to that, Riley, we have missed out on a lot of Star Wars news because our podcast started after all of these Star Wars things got announced. Right. And I hear that you haven't really even been caught up on all the Star Wars news. Yes, I've so, missed out on the Star Wars news because I'm irresponsible. Per, that, that's good. That's That actually works out for our show. So, kids, be irresponsible, and it might work out later yes. in life. Just live reactions to yeah. news. Live reactions. So we're going to cover all of this new Star Wars news um, going back to before The Last Jedi came out. And we're just going to get caught up on all of it. If you are familiar with Star Wars, if you follow Star Wars like a loyal fan, unlike Riley, <laughs> then, then you're probably going to be caught up on this stuff. But if not, hey, then now you know the news and... Yeah, we did our job. Okay, so Riley, I don't know if you know this, probably not, but um, right before The Last Jedi was announced, there was also something announced, something else. A new trilogy of movies <gasps> by Ryan Johnson. No. <laughs> That's it. That's the live reaction. You can, I wish you could see his face. It's very normal. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel about that? I didn't know anything because it was, it was before The Last Jedi, right? Yeah. So I think I had heard that. Yeah. This isn't brand new. I'm sorry. I lied to you. No, it's fine. Um, but I hadn't seen The Last Jedi yet. No one right. had. And they were like, hey, this guy who made this movie, we're giving him more movies. So yes. you should go see this movie that he and made. And that, yeah, that, that my first re reaction was like, this must be good. Or mm -hmm. they, they must have done something that they liked, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, and I agree. I really I liked it. Yeah. Uh, our, what, what it makes me think of is this one uh, like Twitter in exchange he had that was like, People were super upset one day about the doppelganger Luke thing. Yeah. Where he's like force projecting himself way somewhere else. Right. And people were very mad about it. And they're mm -hmm. like, that's not Jedi's don't do that. <laughs> blah, blah. Not my Luke Skywalker. My, hashtag not my Luke Skywalker. Make Star Wars great again. No way. <laughs> <laughs> 
build a Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he his response to like all the Twitter backlash that he got was like he took a picture of his bookshelf from pretty far away. Mm-hmm. And it was like a closer picture mm-hmm. and a closer picture. And you could see the Jedi books mm-hmm. on a shelf being pulled one out and then like turned to the page where it shows the doppelganger thing. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I like this guy. Like, yeah. But one, he's snarky as heck mm-hmm. and like <laughs> very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it's like tried and true sticks to the book. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so much so that you don't even realize, like you think he's making stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited for it simply because this trilogy that we've gotten, though I love both the movies in it so far, um, they haven't really been planned out from the beginning. Like The Force Awakens, they sat down, they wrote that, and then while they were filming that, Ryan Johnson sat down and wrote The Last Jedi. And then um, as soon as, like, while The Last Jedi was wrapping up and fixing to come out, J.J. Abrams was writing the next one, um, episode nine. So, like, it's they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants, which is fine because that's... That's how the originals were made. Yeah. But with the originals, there was a, a singular person in charge, George Lucas, who was yeah. making at least the story decisions. And he knew a general direction that he wanted to go with it. And I, I feel like you're kind of missing that a little bit in this trilogy. Um, so that makes me really excited for this, this new trilogy of movies that it'll all be helmed and written by Ryan Johnson. And hopefully it will all be very cohesive. And um, yeah, I loved Last Jedi. I really am looking forward to Ryan Johnson and what he can do with a, a full set, three movies, um, yeah. besides just one. So, yeah, that's cool. And then the next piece of news was, um, I can't remember which one was announced first, but this is just what I, the order that I have it written down. But David Benioff and D.B.Y. Stan Weiss, who do Game of Thrones, they're the writers and producers on Game of Thrones and the showrunners. And they are getting a, not a trilogy of Star Wars movies, but... A series. They said series of Star Wars movies. <gasps> so, <laughs> oh so my God. that's amazing. Um, do you watch Game of Thrones, Riley? I I've, I've watched like two seasons. All right, cool. So, how, how do you feel about this? Good. That's I think good. there should be significantly more dragons in Star Wars. I agree. Like they could probably do something with the. There's the one in on Tatooine, the skeleton. Oh right. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's dragon. That has dragons. That's all the they can do is dragons. Right. Well, right. well, that's what they do best. You yeah. don't hire somebody to do yeah, something no, they don't do. Stay best. Stay in your lane, bro. Exactly. Stay in your lane. So Ray. Yeah, is, is a dragon. dragon. No, no. Okay. It's a dragon Sorry about queen. that. But oh. they'll probably use. You know, they'll call it like gen- that's general, where this. Okay. General dragon Ray. General dragon Ray. Right, and okay. then I. It's. They're telegraphing this pretty hard, mm-hmm. and like you totally know what's going to be in the movies, but yeah. I, I'm, okay, I'm okay with it. Yeah. No, it's fun. I like dragons. I like dragons. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, it's a series of movies, which makes me think it's like, oh, we're gonna release one, and if it does well, then we'll give you another, and if it doesn't mm-hmm. do good, then we're gonna be like, oh, yeah. sorry, we, yeah. that was it, <laughs> just just one. It's like a contract with a team option. It's yeah. Like one year and right. a team option. Exactly. It's like we're gonna decide if we like you. Yeah. Again. Yeah, and the series thing, I don't know. It. My thing is, they announced these two so close together. I don't know. It's just a lot of Star Wars, and I, I worry about the fatigue of of it all. I was talking to somebody about that earlier because we were talking about the main, like the episodes, mm-hmm. and how it was like the first one was like seventy seven, mm-hmm. and then the next one was like nineteen eighty. Yeah, it was like so it was like three years. It wasn't. It wasn't like a 
every single year, every other year. Mm-hmm. It was like a long time, which obviously they were working from scratch. So it wasn't like, Oh, yeah. last time we did, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if, if they could like pump out those movies every year, they probably would have yeah. financially like, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I'd be worried. I think uh, with Han Solo in my mind, there's kind of a transition between, Oh, this is going to be a $2 billion blockbuster yeah. versus this is going to be a, a movie. We're going to make one of these every single year. Yeah. So it's going to, it's not going to make $2 billion. And we know yeah. that. You know? I don't think any of these new movies will be as big as the force awakens was yeah. like the hype leading up to it was just, Oh, it's crazy. And the Man. number of people that didn't go watch solo because they didn't like the last Jedi. Yeah. It was freaky. Yeah. Makes Star Wars great again. <laughs> 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 um, Okay. So the next piece of news is John Favreau, who directed Iron Man. Yes. Right? You like Iron Man, right? I like Iron Man. I like Iron Man 1. Good. I'm actually really impressed with I'm not with a big Iron fan Man. of 2. I like 3. Three's all right. I like Iron Man Infinity War. Iron Man Infinity War? That movie was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually am very impressed with the first Iron Man. Yeah, that was good. And the fact that John Favreau made that in a cave with mm-hmm. a box of scraps. Yeah. Can you believe that? I didn't, I didn't know that. This is the first time I've learned this. With the box of scraps. Really. Yeah. Remember he says that? Oh, yeah. Bad guy Iron Man. Yeah, I know his name. Right. Big, big bald bad guy Jeff Iron Bridges. Man. Yeah. <laughs> big bad bald guy big, Iron bad, Man. bald guy Iron Man. Yeah, this yeah. gigantic facility. Yeah. They're trying to make one of those little things Tony Stark made. <laughs> the scientist is like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I can't do this, sir. He's like, Tony Stark made this in a cave. We're with so a scrap metal. That's how I imagine it today. Yeah. The, like the Lucasfilm people are looking at each director. They just yeah. like throw to the wayside. <laughs> they're yeah. like, look at the 77 movie. And they're like, George, George Lucas <laughs> made this in a cave. That's true. That's a great way to look at it. Um, so yeah, John Favreau is producing and writing a live action TV show taking place three years after the Battle of Yavin. So three years after Return of the Jedi. What are your thoughts? I don't know. The first thing that I think of when I think of that time period is Air, the Heir to the Empire series. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I Which is not canon anymore. Right. Uh, but it makes you think like that, like mm-hmm. Han and Leia, Leia's pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. and like Thrawn comes in. Mm-hmm. So that that's my gut reaction to that that would be yeah. incredible if they could if he's, they could work thrawn in yeah i'm interested to know on what how they're going to handle like legacy characters like han solo or luke or if they're just going to mention them or mm-hmm. if they're going to get like sebastian stan to come in and play luke skywalker because he looks just like him uh, <laughs> you know winter soldier yeah yeah bucky yeah bucky so um yeah i don't know how they're going to handle that stuff i actually am more excited about the the announcement of a live action TV show though, mm-hmm. than I am about just like a ton of new movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about the Ryan Johnson stuff. Yeah. I, like, I like trilogies. If you had to rank those three things. Yeah. Ryan Johnson, Game of Thrones guys, or John Favreau. Which uh, probably Ryan about? Johnson first, then Favreau, and then the Game of Thrones. So you hate Game of Thrones? No, I like Game of Thrones. I just, I just don't know what it means a series of movies. Like I don't know what that means. That could be anything. So I, I just have no idea yet. Yeah. Kind of scares me a little bit. I don't know. But um, yeah, so it's taking, it's taking place three years after the Battle of Yavin, which is a, a time that's not been defined at all. Like they haven't really touched that, that period in the new canon at mm-hmm. all. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, I like Jon Favreau. I really liked 
the Jungle Book. Have you seen the new Jungle Book movie he did? I haven't. It's it's freaking I haven't good. Seen that. But I'm just a fan of the Jungle Book. I general. haven't seen Jungle Book. I haven't. I know this is unrelated. I haven't seen Jubanji. Like the new one? Yeah. Or like the old one? I heard it was good either. You've never seen the old one? I've never seen, I've never any, seen the any new Jumanjis. one. Yeah, I like the old one. Robin um, Williams, bro. I don't like that The Rock is in every single movie. And my biggest fear... China in, does. My my biggest fear in life is that The Rock is going to end up in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> and I'm going to hate it. Oh, my God. He's going to be in a Stormtrooper outfit like every... every Can you scene. smell... <laughs> But the rock is cooking. But rock is spelled like R O C C. Spelled the Q. There's a Q in there. R apostrophe O Q. Said I master rock. Uh, and he's gonna be like every scene where they like they they land on a star destroyer and mm-hmm. they have to goad people in and they steal their outfits. He's gonna be like way too big in a stormtrooper uniform. Yeah. He's going to get to, like, boss battle. He's going to flex out of the uniform. Yeah. He's going to shit at her everywhere. And, and like, <laughs> fragments of it are going to yeah. kill people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'll be uh, great. That's, uh, honestly, that's my favorite Star Wars character, it's The Rock. Yeah, I like The, the Rock. The R apostrophe O-Q. Yeah, Jedi Master Rock. Yeah. He's a good guy. Good guy. Reminds me of Korg, <laughs> the hey, best man. Marvel character. Hey, man. Hey, man. We're about to do a revolution. My name is Korg. I'm going to come. <laughs> Gonna come. This is Mink. Piss uh, off, ghost. <laughs> nothing to be afraid of, unless you have some uh, piece of paper. Bear scissors. He's the he's the uh, best Marvel character. Rock, rock paper. There scissors, should be some crossover yet. there, right? Like he could be in absolutely. Star Wars. He could a- absolutely be in Star Wars. Yeah, for sure, for uh, sure. Yeah. So uh, moving on, we got some Obi Wan rumors. Pamphlets. Yeah. Obi Wan movie rumors, mm-hmm. not confirmed, mm-hmm. but rumors. Yeah. Would you want to see an Obi Wan spinoff would- movie? I I would follow Obi Wan on some damn foolish anywhere. idealistic Would you follow crusade. him anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> on some damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is hilarious. I didn't even I didn't even catch it at first. That was great. You're good. Uh, no, Obi Wan. I'd be in for that. Yeah. As long as it's you and McGregor and no one else. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> General Kenobi. Yes. Um. Yeah. I just want a love story between. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi and General Grievous. Right. I think that could be really I'd, good. I'd, I disagree pretty <laughs> pretty big time. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to make a movie about hey, a four-armed person, it it's got to be Rio. <laughs> yeah, Rio. Yeah. Rip Rio. So you were saying you wanted like a crime series with him. A crime series with, with Rio? Rio? Yeah. yeah, a crime series solving detect solving not detectives solving, but solving detectives. crimes. You know, figuring the lower, lower slums of Coruscant. Rio Durant, he he pulls up in his in his hot rod, <laughs> this leather leather jacket with four arms. Does it have four arm holes? Yeah. <laughs> or is it just like you can only find a cool leather jacket with a, regular arm? Both both arms, in, but he has four hands. Right. So yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> Maybe that's the new John Favreau series. Yeah. I think because he he is Rio. Yeah, he voices Rio. So I mean, hey. I'm just saying, I'd I watch like it. it. And he did Iron Man. But technically, Rio's already dead. Rip. Um, so, yeah, Obi-Wan rumors. I'm excited for that. I would love to see an Obi-Wan movie if they do it right. And if it's like, you know, him spending time um, on, alone in a desert and it's, you know, really boring. Uh, kind of like, you know, Jeremiah Johnson. You ever seen that movie? No. I'd love that. I, I would love to just see a every, really boring. I think every episode 
like our episodes every uh-huh. episode you're like have you seen this i'm like no you gotta see it great yeah Finger it's perfect underlying message here is yeah. i just haven't seen any movies yeah or- eventually we'll get a list of everything you haven't seen yeah but you know we're still working working on that um so then the last piece of news or not the last piece actually i have one more piece after this but star wars resistance it's a cartoon that has just been announced star wars rebels which was a cartoon that just ended had mm-hmm. its fourth season um by Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is the creative director of like all the animation that goes on uh, at Lucasfilm. He he helped here. He directed a lot of episodes of, like the showrunner with George Lucas on Clone Wars, which mm-hmm. he did a really good job with that. And then Rebels. I haven't watched all of Rebels, but I don't necessarily like Rebels as much as mm-hmm. Clone Wars. And it feels like it might be missing a little bit of George Lucas, but I still like a lot of the things Dave Filoni did. I think mm-hmm. he really gets Star Wars. And Star Wars Resistance is going to take place during this new era right before or like think i think leading up to the force awakens and it's going to be from what i've heard it's going to have like a world war ii Mm. theme think pearl harbor because it's going to be focused around pilots sounds like a lot of feloni (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that would be cool though. I feel like there are cool. a lot of like World War themes in some of the movies that would be good sure. if they just like totally dive in. I think I'm most excited to see more of the new era because they haven't defined it at all really. Like I think they don't want to touch it until all the movies are done. But I'm really excited for that because it, it's really interesting to me. I think I think it's the most interesting one by far because like we know a lot about the prequel era. We know a ton about the original trilogy era. Mm-hmm. We know nothing besides First Order, Resistance, like big planet that had Kylo the Republic on it got blown up. Yeah. Kylo Ren's pissed. He's super mad all the hates time. His, hates his parents. Oh. Right. Um, lots of daddy issues. So, yeah. Um, so then there's one more piece of news. This week at E3, which is a video game conference, EA announced that they are making a new video game called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> So, like every cartoon character reaction. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's going to take place in the, like right after Revenge of the Sith. And you're a Jedi who survived. Ooh. And all your friends are dead. Okay. And you're all alone. And you got to survive. On Tatooine. Maybe. To watch a friend grow Ooh. up. Ooh. Until he comes looking for you have an inside person here maybe all right a source i saw a documentary about this okay yeah all right yeah so that's all the news i like video games about star wars so yeah that could be fun to kill like clones or you know things with the lightsaber that's not very jedi like of me though to say that right no yeah so maybe you're sith maybe do you do do you do we all got a little bit of sith in us huh do you do you do any absolutes? You do absolutes? I yeah. I deal in absolutes. Oh, you deal and in death absolutes. sticks. Oh god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. Uh, oh man. Okay, so real quick before we dive into Empire, we are also going to give you our favorite Star Wars characters. I'm very nervous. Starting with we're gonna give you our favorite main characters. And then we're also gonna give you our favorite background characters. I haven't thought about this at all. That's probably for the best. Yeah, so I'm just gonna go in. To it. You want to go first? No. <laughs> well, come on, yeah, right. Well, okay. All right, sweet. Favorite main character? Okay. Oof. Gotta go Rio. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I am a ridiculously big Ray fan. All right. I really think so. Yeah, I like Ray. She has all the like best character qualities without mm-hmm. any of the really, really annoying character qualities. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Obviously, Darth Vader is very cool. He's also really clunky in the original yeah. trilogy where he's supposed to be like Rogue One intimidating. Mm-hmm. He's more just like, like, did they just put a costume on a broomstick? Yeah. And they're like he gets moving there a little bit more. He gets there a little bit more in Empire. Yeah. I think yeah, in the Return lightsaber, of Jedi, the lightsaber battle as... with, with Luke, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Because sure. Luke's he's pretty much bit. losing the whole time. So that kind of yeah. makes him a little but bit more But he still seems like his arms have no like That's true. area. Of That's true. They did a great job with that in Rogue One where they like made him, they didn't change how he moved. Yeah. But they just made it seem so much more powerful. Right. Yeah. Enough about him. Ray. Right, Ray. Junker. Mm-hmm. Orphan. Not really. I don't believe that. Oh, okay. Um, she, she's Luke without the annoying parts of Luke. <laughs> she, <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know. She's like confident and hungry, like cool. Mm-hmm. I just think like she, do, she does all the serious things where she can still be funny, but she's not annoying. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a good all around character. Yeah. And she also a has like player, you vulnerability. Know? She's pretty vulnerable at times. Mm-hmm. She's not just like, you know, constantly hitting it out of the park. Yeah. And she's not Superman. Like, yeah, I hate, I hate Superman. Unlike some people might say that, that she is Superman, that well, she's like too powerful. I don't agree with that. Really? Yeah. Who says that? A bunch of neck beards. Give me names. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let me guess. No, I mean, uh, in, the way, in the way oh, that's like, yeah, in the way that's like, there's nothing wrong with Superman. Mm-hmm. And you, you literally had to invent this other crazy thing to yeah. be his only weakness. And people watching Superman or like reading Superman can't, empathize at all because mm-hmm. like oh you can do literally everything mm-hmm. cool hope hope you win yeah like you definitely you definitely will you know yeah uh, so it's with somebody like ray where it's like oh actually like feel like i have something in common with you where mm-hmm. like you want to do you want to do stuff well but you don't think you can or like you need help you yeah. know what i mean i just sort of empathetic character nice. what about you main character main character uh i'm a luke ray? skywalker guy oh really luke skywalker is my favorite character he might be my favorite character in anything like just growing up as a kid, it, Luke Skywalker was who I looked up to. He was my favorite character in all of the, like all of the main movies. I was not a huge Han Solo fan growing up. I thought Han Solo was annoying. Hmm. Um, yeah, like I was like, I don't know. He just annoyed me. Like he, because I was like, Luke is the coolest ever, but Han is like in the first movies kind of you know mean to him or like won't talk to him, and Han, and Luke's like, hey, what does this do? And on like slaps his hand away he just wanted to like, know what it did yeah I'm like i want to know too like what does it yeah. do um yeah and i don't know i just i've always been a luke skywalker guy That's right. and i just think he has probably the best arc out of definitely out of anybody in star wars uh he has the best like character arc all the way through mm-hmm. and i love how he's such a good avatar for us um because like Whenever he first starts out, he's a you know annoying farm boy. He doesn't know a lot about the world, and he wants to learn more. Mm-hmm. And like we're just entering into this world, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm anno- as annoying as Luke sometimes, and I definitely feel like I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, but yeah, I love Luke Skywalker. He's he's the man. Do you have a particular favorite Luke? There's so there's farm boy Luke. Yeah. There's uh, adolescent. Non. We'll skip all that. Luke. I'll tell you which there's one. Johnny Cash, Luke. There's Johnny Cash. Luke. For, that's where it's all black. There's the Force Awakens, Luke, which happens for like thirty seconds. Yeah, doesn't say anything. And there's Last Jedi, Luke, Old Man Luke. Man, so as much as I love Old Man Luke, but I, I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with Dago, but training Luke. Hmm. 
Dagobah training Luke with his biceps hanging out. Nice. And he's just hot as can be. My wife's not here right now. He's very humid. Yeah, he's very vulnerable. <laughs> I said humid. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it is very it's humid. Dagobah. It it's is like very humid. 110% humidity there. Yeah, it's, yeah. He looks Dago bad. <laughs> that I'm, tank. I'm done. I'm going home. Yeah, but, hey, we're just going to end the episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Luke in Empire, I think that's the coolest design. He just looks awesome. That like flight suit that he has, hmm. that like it's like green but kind of gray too. It's dope. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So background character, you got any? Yes. I put a lot of thought into this. All right. And I have to say, my favorite background character of all time, no question, mm-hmm. no competition. I don't like any other background characters other than this one. Okay. <laughs> you can tell I'm very confident. All right. This. Yeah. Little kid Boba Fett. All right. It's really sad. <laughs> has probably no idea what's going on. It's really sad. Like he's a he's a little clone of his dad, <laughs> living in this one bedroom apartment. Yeah. With the the Cami Owens or yeah. whatever, you know, it has Obi Wan shows up, and he's dad very confused. Him to shoot at a Jedi. Yeah, he's like, what what is going on? <laughs> right. And then he grows up and he just falls. Oh, on. you forgot the best part. What's you know, the best seeing part? your dad decapitated right it's pretty great that's very bad i didn't yeah. remember that <laughs> but no i honestly it is a very difficult choice background character yeah. wise uh, i love r2 i think r2 has his own like let's see that's what makes this difficult for me is i feel like r2's the main character mm-hmm. uh whereas we talked about before the droids seem like side characters in the new movies yeah but he has his own little arc in the, yeah. in the original trilogy the so best. i feel like it would, would be kind of a cop out it would be kind of a cop out to pick him as he's a, a main background character, character. For sure. so bb8 i really like bb8 yeah but then i would have both my main and background characters from the force awakens yeah so but i still think i think i think bb8 would qualify as a main character too yeah really? maybe more in the force awakens than the last jedi okay yeah all right you ready for mine and then the ewoks Maybe. Are Sorry. you ready for mine? Yeah, I'm ready for yours. All right. I have a couple words for you. Okay. There's a storm coming, Annie. <laughs> Better get inside. <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. She's the best. You know, she was actually referring to the storm that was coming, but also the storm, storm that was coming that later was coming. in Anakin's life. Yeah. Yeah, the dark side. That's good. Yeah, she was a prophet. That's good. She, yeah, she, she, yeah. I think she's a secret Jedi master, maybe? Maybe. maybe. Sith? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's the greatest of all time. The goat. The goat. The goat of background characters. <laughs> oh, it's great. That's, real That's great. Okay, so we're going to take a break and then transition into Empire Strikes Back. All right, so Empire Strikes Back. Yes. It's it's both of our favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah. I think it's Everyone's not arguably the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. It is, period. Yeah. that's what, I like it. It's so great. It's so good. There's so many things that make it good. Um, oh, I've heard a lot of people say before that what makes Empire good is that it's darker than all the rest of them. Yeah. It has yeah. like a darker tone. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there's a lot of dissonance in it, which may, I think makes people feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Which makes it so good. We can talk more about that. But yeah, I really, I really like Empire Strikes Back. 
It's good. That's, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Yeah. All right. Sweet. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's something to the darker theme to it. I don't. It's weird because like the tone might be darker, but if you think about what actually happens in the movie, mm-hmm. there's a lot worse stuff that happens in other movies. Yeah. Like even in, in A New Hope, we like, see yeah, mass Alder, genocide. Yeah, Alderaan gets blown up. Yeah. Which I was talking to somebody when she's like, they're on Dantooine. <laughs> I was like, I got out a map and I was like, what was she really trying to say? Yeah. Like, what if they went to Dantooine and blew that up too? too yeah. It, it, she, like, yeah. It's kind of far, but it's not very far away from Yavin. Yeah. Is it like a farming planet or something? I don't know. Is yeah. it a farming planet? You'd, you'd hope that there's like not very many people there. But even like, if there's one person there, I know. Princess it kind of sucks. Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then, like, in, I mean, Revenge of the Sith, the younglings, that's all I got to oh, say. Boy. So, there's there's worse things that happen in other Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. but this movie just has kind of a theme and a tone about it that yeah. makes it darker. And I think what makes it darker is really the whole theme of Luke struggling with the dark side. Yeah. When you have your main character who you're experiencing the movie through struggle with, you know, the dark side, struggle with maybe turning to the dark side of becoming a villain. That's pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you want You want somebody that wouldn't even consider it as a protagonist. Yeah. Or if you think it's good guys versus bad guys, you'd hope your main character is, is like, no, no way. I would never join the dark side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on one hand, it makes it, way more realistic if Luke is tempted by the dark side of it is this really powerful force. And on the other hand, it makes the viewer really uncomfortable because they're like, wait, I empathize with Luke across the board. And this, this thing where he's considering like dark and light, that's in me too. Yeah. And, and it makes it uncomfortable for me because he's considering it. And I wanted to watch a movie where I check out of the struggle that I have and watch mm-hmm. a watch a superman ma- main character yeah. that doesn't even struggle with evil you know what i mean uh, whereas re- the reality is that we're luke struggling with light dark the whole time mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and we come into a movie hoping to check out of that yeah. and we just get more of it in a really realistic way and you're yeah. like oh wait <laughs> yeah it's yeah and so i mean it carries through in the in the crawl so just like last week we'll break down the crawl go through it i'll read it for you real quick it is a dark time for the rebellion yeah. Although the Death Star has been destroyed, Imperial troops have driven the rebel forces from their hidden base and pursued them across the galaxy. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker has established a new secret base on the remote ice world of Hoth. The evil lord, Darth Vader, obsessed with finding young Skywalker has dispatched thousands of remote probes into the far reaches of space. I just recently finished a campaign in Imperial Assault, the board game, and it's the Hoth expansion pack. And my goodness, it was super difficult. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the easier expansions, which makes me feel horrible, but it's super difficult. And the probe droids in it are ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. Wampas are ridiculously good. Wampas, yeah, they're right. elite wampas. So That's they're dope. like they're these characters. Yeah, they're they're characters in the game that are like a oh, probe droid or elite probe droid, and it's like better. There's mm-hmm. a wampa and an elite wampa, as if you went to Wampa Academy wampa <laughs> to Academy. become an elite wampa. It was a college. You're right. Yeah, Wampa U. Yeah, Wampa U. Wampum. He went to Monsters Inc. or Monsters University. Ma- yeah, he didn't. He, Ma- he, he's not gonna go to Monsters Inc. before he goes to Monsters maybe. University. 
Maybe straight out of high school, LeBron yeah. James. Hey, yeah, he's LeBron James. Le- just got Le- recruited. Le- he got drafted. James. Into, all right, we're digressing <laughs> this big is time. So bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is fun. I love it. Um, this is just what happens when we sit down and talk. This is just what you get. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from the get go, the the crawl is letting us know, hey, this is this is not a good time for the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Even though they just won a massive victory, blew up the Death Star, the Empire's pretty pissed. Yeah. They're tracking him down. They're hunting him across the universe or across the galaxy. And um, we also learned some pretty valuable information that, one, the Freedom Fighters are led by Luke Skywalker. That's pretty interesting. And we also learned that Darth Vader is obsessed with finding Skywalker, mm-hmm. which is just yeah, kind of an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, because I think... Luke, on one hand, it paints him about to be a leader, which is good, mm-hmm. uh, because he, you last time you saw him, he was like in an assembly with all the pilots, right. just kind of being like taught and led. Yeah, you know, so it's it's kind of developed his growth. It also sets the scene for when Luke gets like captured at mm-hmm. the beginning of Empire by the by the Wampa. Yeah, you're kind of like, oh wait, mm-hmm. I know was just told he's in charge of all of these people. Yeah. so it kind of raises the stakes a little bit. It's not like they're losing just some nobody. Yeah, and then Vader, yeah, like. Uh, like he learned, I I just I am so bummed that I didn't get to see this without knowing. Oh, I know that is that you like. I was a kid when I when it happened, so I I don't really remember it. So like, it it would be interesting going into the movie not knowing that it's father son, mm-hmm. and it, it and thinking, man, why is he so obsessed with Luke? Mm-hmm. Like he just recently learned his last name and all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's like wants to find him. Yeah. You know? That'd be cool. But I think that's what it's the intention is to say. Like there's a turn where mm-hmm. the, uh, originally Vader was like super empire, super focused on the plans yeah. and like, you know, and then all of a sudden he's, if, if at the end of four, he should be mad at anybody it'd be Han. Yeah. Cause he's the one who shot him, but he's obsessed with Luke and you're like, why? Mm-hmm. why? Yeah. So that's, that's another interesting thing is this movie really focuses or give us, gives us our first look at the dark side. And really, we've seen Darth Vader. We've seen he has some power to, you know, manipulate things, to choke people, to be just a total jerk. Um, but this is the first time we really dive into what he's about mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, before we get to that, I think it's interesting that the movie starts off with, you know, telling us Luke Skywalker is a leader. And then it immediately goes to Luke out on a patrol. You know, he he's out on patrol on his tauntaun, checking things out. He sees something crash. He calls in the base. Hey, I'm gonna go. This thing, this meteorite crash. I'm gonna go check it out. It's an interesting way to set up Luke as a leader, mm-hmm. because he's not at the base. You know, like Leia is. Leia is a different kind of leader than Luke. Luke is like a leader that does things. He's a leader who takes Dang, action. Dang, you're trying to say Leia doesn't do things? No, 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 I'm no. Just kidding. Like, like I think Leia is uh, probably more fit for leadership than Luke. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, she's obviously been trained for it her whole life. Yeah. And you see that Luke, which this will come back later in the movie. Luke is probably a little bit more rash. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more irresponsible with his leadership, mm-hmm. but he's also out there like taking action, like physical action against things. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, which obviously works out bad for him here, just like it does later in the movie, um, gets taken out by Wampa. And it's terrifying as a little kid. Right. It's the most scary thing in the world. When I was a kid, I was watching this, I had so much stress in my little heart, like watching Luke struggle 
with like he's like sitting there and he's like his lightsaber's right there and his feet are frozen and he's hanging upside down and I was like oh my god Luke Skywalker's <laughs> gonna die <laughs> like when you're a kid you 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 don't think about like oh yeah he's the main character he'll be fine like there's a whole movie left yes you're just like oh my god but and then this is the first time we see Luke this is really the first time we ever see this mm-hmm. um, which has become such a huge thing in Star Wars now but we see Luke reach out for his lightsaber mm-hmm. and like struggle with it for a little bit and then he relaxes like kind of empties himself like we talked about not he doesn't pee on himself but he empties himself right um which <laughs> spiritually and emotionally honestly might have helped if he was maybe, trapped in ice yeah but it would just go down it wouldn't work anyways anyways so we see him pull the lightsaber to himself after he kind of um empties himself of his thoughts and kind of calms himself and he pulls the lightsaber to himself Total, like, I don't even know how this happens, but he just kind of swings the lightsaber up by his feet and magically, right. you know, frees himself without cutting his feet off. It was uh, motion detected. Oh. It's not, it's like lights in a bathroom. Oh, so you're saying that, you're saying that Wampa got some technology. Yes, absolutely. Right. There, he was an elite Wampa. Oh, he's an elite Wampa. He went to Wampa U. Wampa, Wampa U. Yeah. Wampa. <laughs> well, their mascot was their students. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would like to know. This is the first. They were so watching football, it in hindsight. I would assume so. Yeah. Did they play American football? I think so. On Hoth against oh, Americans, yeah. they would yeah they would murder it yeah. literally. It's like the Northeast. Well, right. Yeah, in football season. I would like to know. This is the first of three times where Luke is hanging upside down. There's this one. It happens when he's on Dagobah. And it happens at the end on Bespin, Cloud City. Oh. Whenever they save him, the Millennium Falcon. We we can talk about the other two when they come. But mm-hmm. this is the first time, beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like you can tell, he's kind of honing his powers. Mm-hmm. He's not a Jedi yet. Yeah. He's not really a discerning leader yet. Uh, but it's the first time that he's in a situation where he's like, got to calm down. Mm-hmm. Got to figure this out. It seems like kind of a, like a darker, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, mm-hmm. but in a very small version, uh, then he gets out. Yeah. One of three. Interesting um, observation there, Riley. <laughs> I like that. Are you suggesting a Spider-Man parallel, maybe? Yes. Okay. I was actually, yeah. All right. That's exactly what I just want to be clear. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So then um, we'll just skip Han Solo, like, shows that he comes through for his friends again, mm-hmm. which, again, like last week I said that that is one of the main themes in Star Wars is coming through for your friends. And Han Solo's like, Luke's not coming in yet. Has anybody seen Luke? Nobody's seen Luke. Okay, well, he must be still out there. And they're like, hey, the temperature's dropping rapidly. If you go out there, you're not going to make it through the night. And Han goes, then I'll see you in hell and leaves. Which is significantly warmer than Hoth. Yeah. Interesting. I like what, they did, of hell I like what they did there. He, he really went Star to Wars. balance out the temperature. Yeah. He's like, at least I'll be warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I like that, though, because he, he's like, I'm going to go save this kid. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a total night and day from the Han who he projected himself to be to us in yeah. A New Hope. Um, but then when we really see his true colors, he really cares about his friends and mm-hmm. comes through for people. Um, so, yeah, he goes out and finds Luke. Before that, though, Luke's crawling after he escapes from the mouth of the cave mm-hmm. where he cut off. The linebacker the Wampa's, the Wampa's arm. dorm room. Yeah, the Wampa's. Is it on off? I didn't know that. Interesting. Wampa you? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, that makes sense. 
Yeah, come on. All right, yeah. They're all wild. Um, they wouldn't go out of state. Man, it's the tuition. Room. Tuition would be out, out of planet. Tuition would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it cuts off his arm, crawls out, crawling in the snow, and he sees Obi Wan Kenobi. And this is the first time that we actually see Obi Wan Kenobi like manifest like this, because mm-hmm. in A New Hope, he was just a disembodied voice mm-hmm. that was talking in Luke's head, and this time it's actually him. You can see him. He has this weird glow about him. You guys have all seen it. Mm-hmm. And he tells him that he has to go to Dagobah. And Luke yeah. is like, yes, Obi-Wan, I will follow you on some damn foolish idealistic crusade. Right. <laughs> right. I'm just going to see how many times I can say that. Ben. Luke. <laughs> ben. Luke. Ben. <laughs> it's probably way too Dagobah. loud. Dagobah. <laughs> he just passes out. Um, so this sets up, you know. Obviously, where the movie's going. Does Luke, when Han gets him, puts him in the Tauntaun, mm-hmm. does Luke wake up? Does he wake up after that? I don't think so. When's he wake up? Back back at the uh, base, right? Yeah, he wakes up back at the base. Because they take him back and they put him in that... Uh, the water thing. Yeah, the... I'm Sensory deprivation chamber. Yeah. The same one Steph Curry uses. And LeBron. Right. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I All I'm thinking is, he's going to go back to his room after that. They're going to be like, what happened? He's like, you, you got to check uh, my wampa. Don't ask, you know, You're knocked out. Yeah. And he goes back into his room and finds his clothes. He like smells them. He's like, oh. Yeah. How did Han survive? What happened? How was did he, Han survive? Was he in the Tauntaun too? Maybe. I, th- I mean, I'm assuming. Possibility. Yeah. Or and then maybe he's a Sith. One of the coolest shots in this movie is in the morning mm-hmm. when Rogue 2, I think it is, is flying over. Is that really Rogue 2? I think it is. This is Rogue 2. Think, After I think Rogue One, <laughs> he's a sequel. Are we gonna get a sequel of Rogue One? Because wasn't that the name they were like? What's the <laughs> ship's name? He's like, yeah. ah, Rogue One. Are we led to believe that this Maybe. ship was just Rogue Two? Maybe you know, because this movie was written after Rogue One. Right. right? Wink. Um, that was the worst wink I've ever done in my life. That was with your mouth. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the foundation of your issue. <laughs> so. Rogue Two is flying over these beautiful, snowy... It's just a cool shot. Like, it looks amazing. And even now, however many years later, like, what, 38 years later, it just looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's flying over. He sees Han Solo. Han Solo waves, and he's perfectly fine. They make it through yep. the night. Um, his hair looks great. His hair looks amazing, even though he has a hood on, Riley. Yep. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they go back to the base. And yeah, you know all this. Like we're, I think we're just gonna go through, go go quickly through this because sure. all of our stuff really starts once we get into Dagobah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the Empire is attacking the base because they send a probe droid there. They find where the base is. Darth Vader knows that's the base, even though the Imperial officers are like, "Oh, it's nothing. These are just on every random planet." And Darth Vader's like, "No, that's the Rebel base. We're gonna go down there, ready my ship." Let's go kill people. So they fly down there. You know, awesome battle. Dude, like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Hoth battle? Where do you rank it in all of the battles oh. of the Star Wars saga? Sheesh. Um, I don't I don't. I would need to, like, do research. Really? But it's, it's good. I think. I love it. Uh, one thing that I was thinking about mm-hmm. in the board game, so a different board game, Rebellion. Okay. Uh, the... There are airspeeders and ATSTs, mm-hmm. and they're basically stats-wise in the game equal. Oh, and okay. I would have never considered that no. before that game. I would always just think the big imperial things are better. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And but after thinking about it, seeing the airspeeders take down the ATATs, uh, like honestly, maybe the airspeeder is actually really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it makes this really it, it's really cool to me because I think the the movie's scale works really well. It's like for instance, Luke is in the with the Wampa, and by the end of it, he's fighting Darth Vader. Yeah, and then at the beginning, it's like they're in airspeeders, and by the end of it, it's like way a way bigger scale than that, that right you see like han and han and leia flying around star destroyers yeah uh, so i th- I like that that it kind of warms up to it mm-hmm. i don't know where i would rank it that's tough i i just love the whole thing um it's the pride and joy of my star wars collection as a kid was mm-hmm. i had a an airspeeder and it was so cool Life and you could size. open it up and put a little luke skywalker figure in it um and it was the coolest thing ever i loved it Hmm. Um, my cousin had a bigger one though, so. What a jerk! What's his name? Dylan. Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. He had the hey, best Star Wars collection ever. He also had an AT AT. Shoot, it was huge. Reverse shout out to Dylan. Yeah. It sucks that you had better toys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dylan. Yeah. Um. So, I love it. Poor Dak, Luke's co-pilot. Uh, Poor Dak. Yeah. He felt like he could take on the whole Empire. That's a lot of. Spoiler well, alert. A lot of Luke's co-pilots don't He didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he uh, died quick, too, and he died hard. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you don't even know exactly how he died. It's like, it's almost like the, sh- the ship got shot, or the speeder got shot, my bad. And the, like, computer exploded into his brain. That's what it looks like <laughs> in the shot, because that, like, electricity effect goes over the computer, yeah. and he just dies. You're like, uh, uh Deck? Yes. Dak? <laughs> I also like the inconsistency of like uh, the cockpit shots mm-hmm. went during like dog fights and stuff like that. Yeah. Because there will be one guy and he's like totally cool, like sitting still and he's like, wow, uh, uh, yellow, the uh, yellow one, blah, 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 and he's mm-hmm. like totally fine. But then it shows another guy and he's like bouncing up and down, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like totally filling the whole co- cockpit. He's the heavier like, guy though. He's like, he's like, oh. <laughs> I'm going in. And everybody else is like, no, don't do that. What are you doing? He's like, I'm going in. <laughs> Dies immediately. Yeah. Oh, man. Star Wars is great. Um, so, yeah. And then, I mean, Luke Skywalker grappling up to the belly of the of the AT-AT and, mm. like, cutting it open with his lightsaber and then throwing a grenade in. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. the coolest thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the Battle of Hoth. Honestly, I might rank it as the best battle in Star Wars just because I think it's the one that I think of the most when I think of like a Star Wars battle. It's yeah. like Hoth is like this epic battle and it's not super long. No. It kicks off the movie with a bang though. That movie starts ferocious. Hot. Yeah. It starts hot. It starts hot. Considering you're on Hoth, it's hot crazy. Hot action. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So on a nice planet. From there, our heroes all disperse. Leia, C-3PO, Chewbacca, Han, and R2-D2 escape on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Which one is that? I'm going to ignore that. Thanks. Um, it's the one that looks like a pancake. Oh. And pancake ship. That's what. That's the other name for it. Um, the and Carillion slang. Yeah. It's sponsored by Denny's. Um, <laughs> 2468. Yeah. 2468, 12 parsecs. Yeah. 12 parsecs. If you round down. If you round down. If you round down. Um, so they escape and... You know, we don't really even know where they're going, do we? No, but I think that's probably this is probably the most impar- important part of the movie storyline wise yeah. because it 
the battle forces them to leave mm-hmm. and Han and Leia and the, the crew go one way mm-hmm. and Luke goes the other way. Yeah. After considering like, hmm, should I do what everybody agreed to do mm-hmm. or should I just go do this other thing that I haven't told anybody about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where the dissonance that I was talking about, this is where it starts uh, because you have the storyline split into right. two. And instead of just following one ensemble of characters through the whole movie, mm-hmm. you follow two different groups. Yeah. And on one hand you have Han and Leia. And on the other hand you have Luke and Yoda for a long time. Yeah. I think they play off of each other. Really and well. I'm very, I love how it's very focused. It's very focused on those two. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't break off very much. Like we see a little bit with Darth Vader, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot. We see just enough because Darth Vader's tied in, heavily with the with leia and han and really both the, everything like because you get the you get the force cave yeah on dagobah that's kind of shows vader that's true and you're like but it's not him it's luke yeah kind of we'll get to that, that yeah. i think we'll, we're gonna spend a lot of time there okay um so yeah I, like i just love how the movie is very focused and you never get the sense like you never think like how is all this going to connect like you just they keep tying it in together um, a little bit, little bit by little bit. And then by the end, you're like, okay, this is how this is going to tie in. Mm-hmm. And so it all comes back together in the end, which I think it just makes, it's just, it's really well written, honestly. Um, and it doesn't, not a ton happens when you think about the plot of the movie, not a ton happens. There's not major, like definitely a lot more happens in a new hope and yeah. a lot more happens in return of the Jedi, just from basic events and like different things that happen. This one's very focused in very small compared to those. Um, so they, yeah, they go off. They're just basically running from the empire and from the get go, their hyperdrive is not working. So they, they can't escape. Um, they can't go into hyperspace and leave them in the dust behind them. Um, so they're just trying to run for their lives. It creates some awesome Falcon chase scenes though. Yes. Incredible. That, all the scale stuff with all the star destroyers where they're yeah. like flying all next to each other and yeah. Hans like flying in and out of them. Yeah. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. It's timeless too. Like it just, it'll always look good mm-hmm. because of the models and different stuff that they used. Um, so then Luke goes to Dagobah and he's going there to find Master Yoda. I love, again, like the small, quiet moments in Star Wars, like I talked about last week. This one doesn't have as many of them, mm-hmm. but it still has a couple. Um, and one of them is between Luke and R2D2 when they're just having this kind of conversation about what where they're going and master yoda and you know like what they're going to do i just love that scene it's just Mm -hmm. like you get this sense it does so much for their relationship like you get this sense that they like you know they're buddies yeah and they and they they introduce yoda luke's introduced to yoda in almost the same way that he's introduced to ben (laughs) yeah because he's he's out looking for him right and he bumps into him because of the mentor's Mm -hmm. like plan Mm mm-hmm and then Luke's like, no, I'm not looking for you. I'm looking for someone else. Yeah. He didn't do that to Obi-Wan, but it, it, he bumps into him and he's like, yeah. hey, Uncle Ben, I'm looking for this other guy that's not yeah. you. And then both of them are like, oh, yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's interesting because like, we don't know exactly. I think there's some comic books that I probably need to read in between A New Hope and Empire. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily know all the training that Luke has been <clears throat> doing or like how he's been practicing mm-hmm. with the Force or exploring that at all. And so... But he has, like, at least a little bit, because we see him pull the lightsaber to himself. He's obviously, like, I mean, he's obviously gotten a little bit better with the lightsaber. He knows how to use it. He didn't even use it barely at all mm-hmm. in um, A New Hope. So he obviously, you know, he's he's received some kind of training. And so it just, you get the sense that he's, like, he's that's his main goal. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I want to 
I want to become a Jedi like my father. And we see that later when he's talking to, to Yoda because Yoda asks him his motivations. Um, but yeah, so he, he meets Yoda and I, I love the way that they introduce Yoda in this movie. Like it's, he's yeah. such a, he's play, he's playful. Yeah. He, he's totally that old man. That's like, this is serious and we can be serious about mm-hmm. that. But when it's not serious, we can be not serious. You're introduced like, I wonder with the people who saw this originally in the theaters, like, did they think that was Yoda or did they think that was just another goofy that's Star good, Wars character? That's a good point. Yeah. Cause there are some when you run into them, cause sometimes I, I think later in newer Star Wars movies, they try to introduce characters in that way mm-hmm. that aren't Yoda and mm-hmm. aren't the mm-hmm. same like s- spiritual figure that Yoda yeah. ends up being later. And it's just annoying. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's redemptive for Yoda and it's kind of fun for Yoda. Uh, but yeah, I like that, that they, you, they kind of throw you to say like, this isn't, it, it's, it's thematic to Yoda's not what you expected it to be. It's actually better. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, that's how he describes the the force and the light side. It's like, it's not what you expected it to be. It's yeah. better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, Yoda, like, is such a fun design. He looks like such like a little, yeah. like, I don't know. I just, I can't imagine that if you're sitting in that movie theater and you saw that character come up on screen, that you would think that that's like the, a master yeah. Jedi, which is so genius in how they did it. Because you're expecting this person like Obi-Wan, where Obi-Wan, you know, he, he was like an old wizard. Yeah. And he either, cool. either really powerful mm-hmm. in a visual way mm-hmm. is what you're expecting, or old and wise like Obi-Wan. Yeah. You're not expecting a little, a little like tiny feeble hermit. looking, yeah. weak looking dude. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Which is genius because it's not just for nothing that they designed Yoda like that. Right. It's for a massive, like, it has massive implications on mm-hmm. the lessons that Luke is supposed to learn in this movie, which is just like, that's where character design, like that's where stars is at its best where character design meets story in that kind of way. So perfectly where it like everything's on purpose. Yeah. Um, so then this takes us to, I think this, oh man, it's hard to choose a favorite scene in this movie. Mm. Um, but this scene, when I first saw it, it wasn't my favorite scene. But as I've watched this movie more and more over the years, this next scene has become um, just a massive inspiration to me in my own writing and my own trying, like t- trying to tell stories because of how they do this next scene in Yoda's hut. Whenever they go back to Yoda's hut, Luke still has no idea that that's Yoda and he's just being really impatient. Um, and I'm just going to play a clip for you guys in a second. Let me get it all ready. You can keep talking. Waste time. I can't. I can't talk about anything else. Oh God. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about another Star Wars story that's coming out soon, the John Favreau one, where it's going to be Maz Kanata in her eye, eye doctor appointment. Oh it's yeah. It's eighteen episodes long. After it's a thousand w- years, it's you know, one, eyes, eyes get pretty bad. Right. And if you've seen her goggles, you could imagine how bad her eyesight is. Right. It's very bad. Right. Okay. So I think I got it ready. I'm just going to play this for you guys. The quality might be a little bad, but we'll get over it. Yoda, will it take us long to get there? Not far, Yoda, not far. <laughs> Patience, soon you will be with him. <laughs> I <thought. laughs> Why wish you become Jedi? <laughs> Mostly because of my father, I guess. Ah, father? How oh, for Jedi was he? <laughs> mm, powerful Jedi. Oh, come on. 
How could you know my father? You don't even know who I am. No, I don't even know what I'm doing here. We're wasting our time. I cannot teach him. The boy has no patience. He will learn patience. Mm. <clears throat> Much anger in him. Like his father. Was I any different when you taught me? So that that scene is incredible. That's one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars ever because what it does is it completely shatters and breaks down the character of Luke Skywalker. You take this hero that you have built up over one movie. Um, in this movie, we see him being even more of a hero. We see all his like crazy action, all of his awesome deeds in the Battle of Hoth. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's a full-fledged hero now. And he gets to Yoda's hut. And just when you thought Luke Skywalker was going to be this awesome, amazing hero, the whole movie, Yoda just completely and utterly tears down his character and just exposes him for what he is. And it's genius. And you, like, I I can't imagine trying to write like this, you know? Being like, hey, I'm going to take this character, you know, that I built up, put a lot of time into, you know, like, trying to make him seem like this awesome guy that people will relate to. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to expose him for who he is. I'm going to expose all of his like fears, all of his anxieties, everything that's wrong with him, all of his shortcomings, and we're just going to deal with it. And it's genius because now you've given Luke Skywalker something to grow beyond. Whereas in A New Hope, they showed us that he had a lot to grow beyond. In Empire, they tell us all about this stuff that he has to grow beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love like I so so much so many goosebumps from the way that it's done. The whole time Luke is like, okay, when are we going to go see Yoda? Mm-hmm. I want to get my training started. Let's go see Yoda. Like, I need to go see him. And, you know, Yoda's just totally toying with him. eating. He's giving him his crappy food. You know, Yoda's a good Jedi master, not a master chef, you know? Nice. Yeah. Important distinction. Yeah. So, 
um, he's freaking out. Got to go see Yoda. And Yoda's just like, I cannot train this boy. Mm-hmm. You know, just totally like, like Luke's not even in the room. Mm-hmm. I cannot train this freaking kid. Yeah. And you hear Obi-Wan. And that's the moment whenever Luke's like, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I, I've made a terrible first impression. <laughs> yeah. Where's Yoda? Yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, you have Han and Leia out directly engaged with the empire mm-hmm. and you see you see more so like they they just destroyed the death star mm-hmm. but the empire is still very powerful yeah and the threat is looming and growing in han and leia's side of the story yeah and you're led to believe at the beginning on hoth luke is our leader mm-hmm. luke will save the day luke took down that the like the ATATs yeah. and, he, and he defeated the Wampa. Uh, Luke, Luke, Luke will take care of this. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, you have Han and Leia it directly engaged with the Empire, and the Empire is made out to be a really powerful foe. Yeah, and you're kind of subtly thinking, man, that that sucks for Han and Leia right now, and it is kind of scary. But we still got Luke. You yeah. know, when Luke gets back, it'll it'll be great. Yeah. Then on the other side of the story, you have Luke here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, you know this hero Luke was supposed to yeah. be. He's not in. You're like, oh man, Luke's gonna go train. He's gonna become a Jedi. It's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. He's gonna come back yeah. and kick Darth Vader's ass. It's gonna be awesome. And he gets there and he's like, you're this nothing. boy is reckless. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yoda's like, you're garbage. You're nothing. Yeah, but you mean something to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's a lot of spiritual themes in this first part that I think a lot of people don't realize. Like it shows you here that. First and foremost, it shows you that the force is not just concerned, is, is not just concerned about power. It's concerned about who you are mm-hmm. and how you wield that power. And so Yoda here, the training that Yoda is talking about, it doesn't even, he's not mentioned anything about force techniques or, you know, meditation or how to swing a lightsaber. It's none of that. And he never does in this movie. He talks about who Luke is as a person and what kind of person he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And how he's going to grow beyond that. And so you see him say things like, will he finish what he begins? Hmm. You know, or um, he talks about how a Jedi must have a most serious mind. And how, how this kid, he's like, I've watched this boy all his life. And all his life, he's looking away to the future, to the oh, horizon. The horizon, which he yeah. literally did on Tatooine. Yeah, so exactly. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> Never his mind on where he was or what he was doing. He's reckless. And he, they just totally break down Luke Skywalker for who he is. And he's, he, he doesn't give Luke Skywalker any passes, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, he knows who Sonny is or whatever. And that's the, we, we talked over it, but whenever Luke tells him what he wants to be or why he's there, he's like, hey, why do you want to find Yoda? And he's like, well, my father was a Jedi, and so I want to be like my father, you know? And Yoda, knowing everything that he knows, is like, powerful Jedi was he powerful Jedi you know um, and then he brings up he has too much of his father in him things like that later and you just get this sense like Yoda's not giving him any passes mm-hmm. he's not giving him any passes and he cares a lot about who Luke is even though Luke technically like the force has probably brought the force directly through Obi-Wan has brought him to mm-hmm. Yoda has organized all of this to happen Yoda obviously has known about Luke for a very long time, which is our first hint that there's something more to Luke. Um, that there's like this bigger thing to Luke than just, you know, like his dad was a Jedi or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's our first hint. Um, besides Obi-Wan watching over Luke and caring for Luke or whatever, you don't really understand that fully yet in A New Hope. 
But Yoda says, I've also been watching Luke. Mm -hmm. You know, I've also been keeping track of him. I, I know everything about him. I've been watching him since he, he was a kid. And this kid is not ready. He's still a kid. Um, and I just think this is such a genius. Just going back to how they talk about the Force and how they use the Force. Um, the Force is very much so concerned with who you are. And it's going to not manipulate you, but it's going to train you in those ways. It's whenever the force deals with you, which we'll see Luke later when he goes into the cave, the force is dealing with who Luke is and it wants to change Luke. It wants to grow him and it wants to help him grow into a hero. It doesn't just want to give him a bunch of power. It wants to teach him how to submit to the force and how to use the force in a, in a proper way, mm -hmm. which I mean, again, like we're both coming at this from a Christian worldview. And for me, out of everything that we can say about the Force, I think this is the most Christian aspect of the Force, whereas the Force has a ton of different, it's basically this amalgamation of all these different worldviews and all these different cultures and mythology and religions. But I think this is where it's most distinctly Christian, is where it's dealing with who we are and who Luke is and how it wants to help him grow beyond something. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that it does that is not by giving Luke any passes. You know, it doesn't give him any passes in his bad behavior or his irresponsibility or anything. It wants, it wants him to realize, hey, those things are bad and we're gonna grow beyond it. And in order to grow beyond it, you're gonna have to realize that those things are there. Mm -hmm. That you have that, that, not darkness, but that irresponsibility in you, that recklessness in you, that's gonna have to be helped. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, this seems genius. It gives us something to, See of Luke, he gives us something for Luke to grow beyond. And yeah, I've talked a lot. What are your thoughts about it? <laughs> Those are all my thoughts. Okay. Uh, part, part of Luke's spiritual journey and journey in the films in general mm -hmm. starts here with a sober realization of self that whatever he's been led to believe leading up until now, uh, what, like you said, Yoda breaks it down. And yeah. It, he has to start because Yoda, Yoda knows. And, uh, obviously this was going to happen since he, since he got there, but, uh, you have to start at a, a really, really accurate view of self to, to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, because if you, if you've you just in your own mind have been led to believe I'm this great pilot, I'm really like, uh, able and cool and cunning and i i've done a lot of stuff like i did the stuff with the death star i did the stuff with hoth uh i'm ready and able and i want to yeah. be a jedi you know uh if that's built on a foundation of an inaccurate view of yourself then it's gonna fall apart mm -hmm. at, at some point along the way and so luke starts here in dagobah with a really sober realization of self where it's like actually i'm not as capable as, as i thought i was but i could be yeah uh, actually i'm not as put together as put together as i thought i was uh, I'm actually way more broken than that. Uh, but I, there is redemption. Mm -hmm. uh, so on one hand, on one hand you have Luke or Yoda introducing a really broken view of Luke and at the same time offering a, a really redeemed version of Luke and more so that's coming from Obi-Wan uh, because you have uh, Yoda saying, I can't do this. This is who he is right now. And Obi-Wan who mm -hmm. had been through the training is like, yeah, but this is who I became. And I was the same way. Uh, so at the same time that it hands you brokenness, it hands you redemption. And mm -hmm. I think that's important for the story. It's not just Luke's, Luke's a bum. We can't do anything with them. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, the, I mean, the training begins. We're, we're just going to cover, I mean, obviously there's so much to be said about spirituality in these training segments, like in these um, things. And I like how the world, Dagobah, is very dark. You know, it's not super beautiful or pretty. It's dark and kind of scary. So it's you almost get the sense that, like, yeah, Luke is training to be a Jedi, but where he is isn't safe. Yeah. You know? Yoda's hiding here because nobody wants to be here. Yeah. And so there's this danger element given to it. And I mean, yeah, like, and, and that's the thing about, um, the training is that the training is not going to be safe for Luke and not safe because like, oh, he's doing dangerous stuff, but not safe because, Hey, he's dealing with all of his emotions, all of the fears, all of the anxieties, all of the, uh, the fears of being abandoned by his real parents, mm-hmm. all of that. He's going to be dealing with that if he stays here and trains, which is a lot of overgrowth, like emotional overgrowth mm-hmm. in his life that's never been dealt with before, which is exactly physically what Dagobah looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, then we get the backpack session. <laughs> Luke is running through the woods yes. with Yoda in a backpack and uh, Yoda's talking to him and they have some pretty interesting exchanges here. Um, but Yoda's talking to him about anger. He's like, don't give in to anger. Don't give in to anger. And he says, um, like, once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's trying to, this is really the first time that we, because we heard that Darth Vader was seduced by the dark side in, by, from Obi-Wan in A New Hope. But this is the first time that Luke's really interacting with it. Mm-hmm. Where he says, hey, once you start down this dark path that, Yoda's pretty obviously afraid that Luke will go down. I mean, we, I can't say that about Yoda. He's a Jedi master. He probably is not afraid of a ton, but he senses that Luke could do this. Mm-hmm. And so he's telling him, once you go down the dark path, like it's going to be, it's going to consume you. Mm-hmm. It's going to take everything from you and you're not going to be able to turn from it. Cause it's going to take all of your, like, it's going to be like a drug that you can't stop feeding off of. Which at that point is, it's true, but in the original trilogy turns out to be not true because mm-hmm. Anakin does find some redemption at the end. Cause so it kind of shows you both sides of mm-hmm. Yoda where yes, he is this supremely wise being mm-hmm. and he's also wrong about some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then that leads us into the next part where Luke asks him if um, the dark side is stronger and Yoda says, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. He says it's quicker, easier, and more seductive, mm-hmm. which I just think is very interesting because there's this thing in the fandom going, that's been going around forever, like since the original movies came out, where the dark side is just stronger than the light side. And like dark side, like they think of it as like power levels. And it's like almost this Dragon Ball Z inspired yeah. like th- way of thinking where you're just thinking about different power levels. And that the force is like, like some people can use the force better than others just naturally, um, which I don't think, even with the midichlorians introduced in the prequels, I still don't think that that's how it all works. Um, but they think of it as like the dark side is just so much stronger than the light side because they're, they're just, they just seem more powerful in the movies. But Yoda here is saying, hey, it's not. It's not, it's, but it's easier and it's quicker and it's more seductive. Mm. And to do the dark side, you don't have to go through this stuff that we're fixing to go through. You don't have to face all these fears. You actually get to use them in the dark side. But if you want to be actually powerful, if you want to actually be not, not powerful in yourself, but have your power come from the force, 
in a true way. Whereas like it, the way I see it is that Sith are using the force or like dominating the force and manipulating it. Whereas Jedi are letting themselves be used by the force. They're submitting themselves to the force. They're using the force in a good way. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like the Jedi ha- would have fuller access to the force. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but they're not using it in they're not using it in powerful ways like the Sith are because they don't use it like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird, um, this weird dynamic where sure the light side might be more powerful, but they don't use it in powerful displays like the dark side does. So the dark side might seem more powerful. Yep. And that I think again coming at it from a Christian worldview the dark side, what it's offering here on Dagobah, the way that, the way that Yoda describes it is our view of sin, mm-hmm. that it is a really seductive promise that yeah. never, it never comes to be. Yeah. Uh, so it is, it is something it that would say you. like, yeah, it is something that would say like, Oh no, it's, it's not this pure evil yeah. that, that it's been made out to be. Mm-hmm. Well, really it's more powerful. It's mm-hmm. your better option. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do this? You're going to have what you want quicker. Yeah. You know, you're going to have what you want in a more full way. Yeah. Uh, and Yoda's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Those are all, those are all lies. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and so for us, it's like, that's it. That's exactly our view of sin is yeah. that, uh, it's promising some, something to you that it will never follow through with. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, that's spot on. Um, and I love Luke's vulnerability when he asks the question because he kind of is like, it's almost like he's afraid to ask, but he's like, hey, is the dark side stronger? Like, mm-hmm. almost afraid, like, hey, is Darth Vader, you know, stronger than I'll ever be? And I just kind of like that vulnerability from Luke. Um, and you kind of need him to be the one to ask that question because mm-hmm. if he's the one dealing with this. Um, but this leads us into, so lots of people have their favorite Yoda quote. Okay, so a lot of them are like, do or do not, there is no try. Um, lots of people love that quote. Everybody has their favorite one. Some people like the one from The Last Jedi, which is, which is good Yoda. That's a good Yoda quote. You know, the greatest teacher failure is, and mm. we are what they grow beyond. That's great. Mm. Um, my favorite Yoda quote is in this scene where he, they, they get done with their, you know, jog through the swamp, and um, Luke sets Yoda down. And Luke's like, I feel cold. That place, what is it? Ugh. And Yoda says um, that it's a domain of darkness. And it's strong in the dark side of the force. It's like that cave. It's domain of darkness, strong in the dark side of the force. And you must go. And Luke's like, what's in there? And this is my favorite Yoda quote. Yoda says, only what you take with you which is such a good line. Hmm. It's so good. And Luke kind of gives Yoda this look like, okay, whatever, old man. Turns around, grabs his weapon belt. Yoda's like, your weapons, you're not going to need them. Luke kind of gives him a look, puts his weapons on anyway, and goes into the cave. Um, And this right here is so interesting to me because this this part adds so much depth to the force and carries through on the promise of what we got with um yoda and luke in the hut where yoda's like hey this kid's not ready he's not strong enough he has all these all this darkness in him you know that could have just been something that they do there and Mm -hmm. that doesn't really have any effect later on in the story Mm -hmm. but this is like the culmination of all of that where luke goes into this cave and what he's facing in the cave is the dark side. 
It's strong in the dark side of the force. And it's weird that you would think that their training is to go into this dark side, mm -hmm. into this evil place. You would think that Yoda would want to keep him as far away from that as possible. But it's like, no, you got to go in there. You got to face yourself. And he's like, what's in there? Well, only what you take with you. All of your fears, all of your anxieties, all everything that keeps you up late at night, it's all in there. And you're going to have to face it. All that darkness that you have in you. And so he goes in. Um, and he sees a vision, which, I mean, famous scene. Everybody knows it. He goes in and he sees Darth Vader, pulls out his lightsaber and fights him, um, cuts off his head, mask blows up just randomly, <laughs> but, you know, you know, and uh, he sees his own face. And I think a lot of times that is skipped over to just say, oh, it's foreshadowing what happens later where we find out that Darth Vader is his dad. But I think it's so much more than that. I think it, it, it's so much more than just a foreshadowing of, hey, this, Darth Vader's his dad. It's actually um, Luke is going in there fearing, hey, like this Darth Vader that I'm fighting against, like I have that same thing in me. Mm -hmm. I have that same possibility in me. I have that same capacity for evil in me. And he's terrified of it. And he's scared of the power, this new power that he's discovering. Mm -hmm. um, but just the general idea, and this is my last thing, and I'll let you talk because I'm talking for so long. But just the general idea of not running away from your darkness and facing it and coming to terms with it um, and realizing that that darkness is in you is such a Christian worldview. I think that that's such a Christian thing. I like that Yoda is by one of these. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this is where he chose to, to hide. Yeah. And I think part of it is cause you like once somebody's, I think an argument for it is like, well, why doesn't somebody like Vader just like search with the force and try yeah. to find Yoda, you know, like it's strategic to hide mm -hmm. by domain of darkness so mm -hmm. that you can't tell like mm -hmm. it looks like oh that's just super dark area you don't tell that yoda's there uh same same reason i think luke's hiding where he's hiding at yeah force awakens because there's another one there um but yeah absolutely i think the dark side's view of the light side is that it's foolish and weak mm -hmm. and you avoid it because it's like elementary mm -hmm. but the light side's view of the dark side is that it's important uh, yeah. for you to approach and understand yeah. uh, fully so that you'd know what you're not getting yourself into yeah. and that you know the parts of you that are already there and seduced by it. Mm -hmm. You're not surprised. Even, even with that, yeah. Uh, and so it seems like whereas the light side has a really, really thorough view of the dark side and that it's critical to training, mm -hmm. the, the dark side has really ignorant view of the light side. Yeah. And it's just totally cast it out. Yeah. What's interesting is... Later in, um, later in the movie, when Luke's about to leave, Yoda says, the cave, remember your failure in the cave. Hmm. So he refers to this experience as a failure for Luke, hmm. which I just think is interesting, and I don't fully understand that. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was like Luke fighting back, or maybe Luke didn't fully understand what was happening in the cave. He didn't take the lesson to mm -hmm. heart. What would a success have looked like? Yeah, I think, idea. yeah, I don't Maybe it was just that Luke did he is he saying that in a different on a different plane? Like like he's saying not like your cave experience was a failure, 
but like remember like your failure like that you faced in the cave if that makes sense that you know? yeah that makes sense uh that might not be what he's actually saying but that it's, makes it's almost like it, saying it, like it, remember that actually makes a lot more sense because he knows what luke's fixing to go off and face mm-hmm. and he's like trying to remind him hey remember this failure remember this thing in you yeah and cave. yeah he's if he does really say that that that's darker than the dark side of the force yeah what he's saying is like hey what's in you is darker than the dark side of the force and the big struggle that you're going to have in your lifetime is your struggle with yourself mm-hmm. and the darkness that's in you so when you're about to go face you know darth vader whatever super dark made out to be this really big villain yeah remember your failure which is a bigger foe than darth vader mm-hmm. like the dark side in you is a bigger foe than the dark side you're about to face that's exterior to you yeah so it's almost like an encouragement to say like this is a lesser battle you're about to fight. Remember the cave because mm-hmm. there's, there's a bigger battle in inside. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's spot on, man. Just solve that for me. I was, I was struggling with that all day thinking about that. Um, but yeah, like this whole thing, this whole scene just adds so much depth to this movie and adds so much depth to the force. Whereas, um, some other movies we explore the force in a horizontal way, um, where like every movie, expands the force horizontally where like we learn more powers that you can do more things you can do with it for instance like the force awakens we learn you can freeze a blaster bolt in Mm midair last jedi we learn you can project yourself (laughs) yeah you can project yourself across the universe which is what i already do i project my feelings like crazy right (laughs) i mean even in like return of the jedi we learn you can use force lightning yeah um in the prequels, we learn, you know, other various stuff like Mid- lightsaber fighting, midichlorians. But so we learn a lot horizontally about the force. But I think there's not a movie in the in the saga where we learn more about it vertically, like both like the depth of the force and like what the force is about. Um, like this is the definitive movie and has the definitive moments if you want to learn about what the force is about. And I hope that that's something that I think they they went in a little bit more to it in the last Jedi, mm. but I hope that that's something Disney and Lucasfilm are focused on in the future. Yeah. Because I think if you lose that kind of depth in a star Wars movie, it loses the, the greatness of it. Like I love solo. The reason solo is never going to break my top three or top five or a movie like solo is never going to break that because it lacks that spiritual side of it. It's all concept. Yeah. It's all, it's all like interesting concepts. Like, mm-hmm. well, hey, what else can you do with the force? Yeah. Like, oh, you can stop bullets. Yeah. That's cool. And then it ends there. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas more so it's like, hey, what if we deal with the darkness that's inside of people that mm-hmm. are watching the movie? Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Test you. Yeah. Make that's you, make not you think. as visually cool as mm-hmm. stopping bullets, but it also make a way, way better movie. Yeah. And what's interesting that uh, it's a really interesting decision that they make Luke struggle with these lessons the whole way through there's not a single one of these lessons that he just fully accepts or embrace um and i think that that's such an interesting dynamic well yeah you don't learn nearly as much about the force or luke Mm -hmm. if he's just like totally coachable the whole time yeah yeah "Yeah, i'll do that yeah i'll do that yeah i'll do that he resists everything wait why 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 do you need to do that like why do you you know yeah which i this is a good way to transition into our next scene which is um Yoda talking about the force to Luke while he's trying to get Luke to lift up his X-Wing out of the, mm-hmm. the swamp. Um, so we're going to go ahead and play that for you now. One moment. I can't. It's too big. That's what she said. 
Look at me. Just me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. And the powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. So right there, we see some, I mean, this is probably the most famous, like, scene, I think, of somebody talking about the Force. And really, it's just restating what Obi-Wan said in a, probably a, a prettier way, in a more expanded way. Because mm -hmm. Obi-Wan said that the Force surrounds us, and life creates it, and it penetrates us, and it binds the galaxy together. And Yoda here, just, he breaks it down in a little bit more intimate setting with Luke, and talks about how... Uh, the force is everywhere. It's it's between everything. It creates all life. And he says, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter, which is such a good line. And that's such a Christian um, sentiment, too, that, you know, we're not just flesh and blood. We're not just objects. We're, we're beings with a soul and thoughts, and um, we're luminous beings. Mm -hmm. And Yoda here is, is trying to get Luke to understand this lesson that Luke refuses to believe, or Luke refuses to learn, which is to let himself go into the Force and let the Force guide him. Let Just believe that the Force will let you pull this ship to you and, you're, and it'll happen. Mm -hmm. Like if you just let yourself go to the power of the Force and quit trying to control it yourself, quit trying to manipulate it yourself, quit trying with your strength, use the Force's strength, let it flow through you, then you'll move the ship. But yeah. you're not going to do it before. Which we come into this with some kind of dramatic irony that Luke can't, he's struggling and he's like, it's too big. Mm -hmm. And from our point of view, we already know that the force is way bigger than X-Wing. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like he, we're supposed to believe like, oh, the force isn't enough. This is too big yeah. of a task to be able to, to do this. We, we really understand it as a deficiency mm -hmm. for Luke because we're told a movie ago in the Death Star that when Vader says, oh, yeah, a planet killer is like no match yeah. like compared to the force. So we're coming into this scene with that view that's like, if, if the force is better than the Death Star, then the force could definitely pick up a, an X-Wing. So it's mm -hmm. the issue is with Luke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just that the whole lesson of Yoda, which I talked about earlier, how Yoda is a physical lesson and reminder for Luke mm -hmm. that it's not about physical strength, mm -hmm. which that's what Luke thinks. And that's how Luke is using it. And that's a very dark side yeah. mentality mm -hmm. that to, to control the force and use it like that. Mm -hmm. Where Yoda says, my ally is the force. My size doesn't matter. 
my ally is a force and a powerful ally it is. And so yeah, he's, an ally is a mm-hmm. is a shoulder to shoulder phrase. Yeah, it's not like using something that like where the dark side sees it as a tool. Ally is totally different connotation yeah. to, to the force. Yeah, the force is helping Yoda and working through him instead of him using it like a slave or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a total flip flop of like how the dark side views things. And it's such a good reminder that the dark side might auto, might have a lot to say but not a lot of it is true you Mm -hmm. know not a lot of it is accurate um so yeah this scene is just iconic it's so good and and luke just refuses to learn this lesson and i think it's i mean this is down the road we'll get to this episode of the last jedi but it's so interesting that this lesson kind of continues on for luke a little bit in a way where luke um in that movie is following the same struggle where he is refusing to believe that the force can defeat this, you know, he thinks that the force is causing all of this, these issues in the galaxy and the Jedi are causing all these issues and he refuses to believe that the force is actually wanting to use Ray or use this new generation Mm -hmm. to heal the galaxy. And and just like it did with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And Yoda reminds him of that again. And I just think that's such a interest. That's why I love Luke is Luke is such a slow learner, mm-hmm. just like his dad. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I can't remember if Anakin said he's a fast learner or a slow learner. He's, I think he's a slow learner, but yeah, Luke is a slow learner. He, he takes forever to get these things into his head. And that's how I feel. Like, I feel like that all the time. Yeah. So, um, that's why I love Luke Skywalker. And so we're moving on into, um, Luke is meditating. He's lifting rocks, you know, <laughs> Um, and all of a sudden he sees a vision of Luke or of not of Luke, but of Han and Leia. Um, and they're in trouble. Mm. They he, like, we don't know exactly what's in the vision, but he just knows that they're in trouble and they're in a city of cloud. And, um, I guess we could talk about that whole side of it now, that whole yeah. other side <laughs> of the plot. Cause we've been so focused on, yeah. um, Luke and Yoda, but yeah. So you want to catch us up on what's going on there? Lando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lando Calrissian. Lando Calrissian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean they're they're so I don't know shot for shot like where we are, but they they're we got the bounty hunters and they escaped through like the trash shoot, like they like the um that uh, not the, the, the star destroyer yeah. emptied its like trash crap. They escaped the, they escaped the beast. Yeah, uh, which clever so, little maneuver again that dissonance that I was talking about earlier. You have on Luke's hand, very slow progression of like breaking down all of his weaknesses. And it's really this like spiritual, like, uh, like I'm coming to be so. And then on the other hand, you have Han and Leia, like zooming around everywhere, mm-hmm. like barely escaping yeah. uh, like over and over again. So again, yeah. there's this like tension of pace on both mm-hmm. sides where you're like, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's yeah. this. Um, Which one thing quickly point out there, they have no hyperspace. Yeah. So they're trying to find somewhere that they can get without that, which I guess will take a long time. Mm-hmm. So I guess canonically, um, according to Lucasfilm, they're traveling for like a month. Hmm. And so Luke is on Dagobah training for like a month, maybe two. I can't remember. Yeah. But it's a long time. So yeah. that, that helps out, helps flush out the other story. Yeah. Uh, so then they get to Bespin, where Cloud City is. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where you get. Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Everything you've heard about me is true. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you you just kind of have a weird it's a weird relationship with Lando yeah. and Han. You don't ever start. feel safe. No, yeah. And you're from from start you're like this is a weird this like I have a weird feeling about this. Mm-hmm. I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. And uh yeah, so you're kind of weirded out about that. And uh, there's so much here. I don't want to like zoom over it and miss it. I mean, yeah, we can just go to, they go there, they, whatever, like you see three PO gets destroyed because he accidentally sees a stormtrooper, but we don't know that. Um, and then Lando leads them to have dinner. They walk in and they see Darth Vader who is awesome and blocks blaster bolts with his hands, which are just so cool. Um, and he he like invites him to sit down. It's such like a bad guy villainy thing mm-hmm. to do. I love that scene. It's just like we would be honored if you would join us. And like then the doors close and you don't see what happens after that. Yeah. That would be the most probably awkward have a full meal. I would love to see that scene. Like I want to yeah. see the deleted dinner party scene. Yes. Or they're just sitting down awkwardly eating mm-hmm. like staring at each other like are you going to talk? Do I talk first? You talk first. Who talks first? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um that would be a great scene to see. Uh, and so, well, I think it's because how does Darth Vader eat? What did he do? He take his mask off? Did they see his face? Maybe that would be. It's a way to start a dinner like, party. They're super shook. They're just like, you don't know who oh, this God. guy is. Oh. He's just like, <laughs> like, oh, we don't want to eat around this. <laughs> uh, Let me tell you all a little story does he about use the, the force high while ground. he's eating. Just like each individual pea is <laughs> yeah. like moving up into his mouth. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, how does he eat? Here comes I wonder. Sex swing. Yeah, he, he cuts the pee in half and then yeah. gives a little bit to Leia. You know, yeah. and it says, Obi won't be so mad at me for doing this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my fan fiction. Okay, so. Anyway. Um, he gets, they get tricked. Yeah, and we learn here a little bit about why Darth Vader's there. It's not just for Han and Leia, he wants to use them. Yeah, which is very interesting because how does he know that Luke is going to see that vision. Did he do a Snoke thing where he put that vision in Luke's head? Mm-hmm. But then Yoda says that through the force things you will see, you know? Um, and Yoda tells him, he's like, hey, you've seen the future. Yeah. And he tells him, hey, don't go save your friends. He's like, if your friends die. And Obi-Wan tells him. Yeah, exactly. They're both telling him, don't go save your friends. Don't go save your friends. And it's not a lesson we like to hear as, as people either. Like yeah. we don't, we're sitting there in the list watching the movie and like, I don't like that. Uh, I want yeah. Luke to absolutely ignore that. Yeah. That's not a lesson I want him to learn. Mm-hmm. I want him to go be the hero and save his friends and come through for his friends, which I think is another lesson um, that we learn as an audience, even though it's Luke's directly disobeying. Deliberately disobeying. Yeah, he's deliberately disobeying. Um, Obi-Wan and Yoda. But yeah, Yoda's very, very clear that he says, hey, let your friends die. And they're going to die for what they believe in. Yeah. And, you know, because they're fighting, everything they're fighting for is for the, for the empire to be overthrown. And he's saying, hey, you're the, you're the hope. You're the one that can do that. They can't do it. Hmm. Which is so interesting. Um, it'll be a lot more interesting next, next week when we get into Return of the Jedi because... They almost just flip flop the whole lesson in a really genius way where it's like the way that Obi-Wan and Yoda thought that Luke was going to overthrow the empire. He doesn't do, mm-hmm. he doesn't listen to that lesson. He goes his own way and it ends up working out. But, um, so then Luke decides against his masters to, to go to Dagobah or to go to 
to go save his friends at yeah because they're just um, on this crash friend. course this like force driven crash course to meet each other yeah vader and luke and, and we know as an audience it's a trap yeah and it's bigger because they're they're being led together by the force mm-hmm. it's bigger than what yoda and obi-wan think mm-hmm. so obviously luke's gonna go mm-hmm. um because they're being let you know yeah and and it's funny Yoda's telling him, don't go, don't go. Like you, you're not ready. It's a trial. You're going to fail. He's telling him you're going to fail. It's all over. Like you're going to go there. You're going to face Darth Vader and you're not ready to face him. And he's going to kill you. And Obi-Wan shows up and tells him the same thing. It's hilarious. Cause Yoda's like, yes, yes, yes. Listen to Obi-Wan. Cause you want to listen, listen to him. Right. Cause earlier Yoda's like, no, I don't want to do this for yeah. you. And Obi-Wan's kind of on Luke's side where he's like, no, I'll do it. Yeah. You know? And so I- up till now, whenever Obi Wan showed up, Luke's like, "Yeah, I'll listen to Obi Wan. Yeah. Listen to Obi Wan." And yeah. so Yoda's like, "Listen, Obi Wan. Yeah, listen. You want to listen to Obi Wan earlier? Listen yeah. to him now." <laughs> <laughs> um, and Luke says he'll be back, and gets in, and he takes off because he can't. And like that's another thing I love about Luke is that he's an idiot here. He he doesn't obey his teachers. He doesn't do like the thing that they're telling him to do. But mm-hmm. he so he's kind of an idiot, and he fails. Mm-hmm. But he's also a hero, you know. Like he, that's in his blood. He can't just leave his friends alone. Which, um, and it's so crazy that this starts here. That George Lucas doesn't um, doesn't like glorify all of the teachings of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't glorify all of them. Sure, Luke does fail, but there's also this sense of heroism where it's like, yeah, Luke did the right thing by coming through first friends, mm-hmm. even though he failed to do it. He did the right thing yeah. in, in the heart. Um, which is just so interesting. He starts it in the second movie. Like, you know, you would think that he would build up the Jedi as these, but he never does that. Yep. He never builds up the Jedi as being this perfect, um, this perfect I- ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it has flaws to it and it messes up. Yeah. Um, which is so interesting. So then Luke goes Han and Leia. Uh, well, first yeah, that he takes off, and Obi-Wan says, that boy was our last hope. Mm. And then Yoda's like, no, there is another. Which you're like, what the heck? Ray, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ray, Ray, Obi-Wan, or Ray Kenobi, Skywalker, Solo. Maul. Maul. Whoa. All right. Dude, Ray, Ray is Kira and Maul's daughter. Maybe. Hear me out. A thread. I'm no, <laughs> I'm not going to hear that out. <laughs> Cancel. Um, no. so, so Vader has uh, Han carbonite frozen. Yeah. And he's you know, like, I, I love, love you. you. I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, which he's Poor just, Chewie. he's just using that to, t- I know. I wish Chewie would have gotten there. He's bigger than the carbonite block. Yeah. It was like his head sticking out of it. <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me Vader, out of here. Vader's like, mm. he's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but Vader's using that to test it for Luke yeah. ultimately. And he doesn't right. like, so again, cause he's like, Oh shoot, that's my son. Like yeah. from the moment he learns his name, he's like, uh, yeah. I need to find the Skywalker kid. So um, what do you think about Boba Fett? Just quick thoughts. Just in general. Yeah. He's cool. I remember I like, I like little, little kid Boba Fett. Yeah, I loved his ship as a little kid. I thought that ship was awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely, Slave One. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what is it? The actual like sh- technical name, um, something one thousand. This no, is why you're I'm here. Thinking of Jump Master One Thousand. You have one job. No. <sighs> <laughs> 
looking it up. It's, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's a slave one, but there's a technical name. Just like yeah. Millennium Falcon, YT-1300. Yeah. Hold on. Um, but uh, so yeah. I, I like him. He's cool. It, it, it adds a weird, like, because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, take you you take Han mm-hmm. back to Java. Back to Java. Back to Java. Which, which I guess we skipped over this, but that was, you know, foreshadowed at the very beginning of the... I saw it, yeah. I saw yeah. it to pay debts back or whatever. Yeah. Um, man, I'm still looking at this up. Fire Spray 31. All right. I'm so down. Fire Spray 31. There you go, folks. But Now you know. Yeah, that ship, ship's super cool. Everything about him is super cool. I'm, I'm excited for his movie later. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to me that they, I don't think they've gotten close to designing a character that looks as cool as him. Yeah. It's weird. It's just, that's crazy. Um, so what I like about this, this scene, those storylines that I've been talking about the whole freaking time, finally meet back up, Luke and Han and Leia finally like intersect again. And the way that it happens is so cool. So Han drops into the ground mm-hmm. because of the carbonite freezing and Luke, when Luke shows up, he comes up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Remember that scene where he like, yeah. jumps up out of the floor? Yeah, it's, you can hardly see it. So it's, yeah. it's a, oh no, I'm talking about before that. Like oh. he, he shows up at Cloud City and whenever he's in the like in that setting before he meets Vader, like you know how he kind of like walks, know, yeah. he walks in the I room, got, yeah, the lights turn on, Vader's in the you. background, and he's like, young Skywalker. Yeah. Um, he he jumps up out of the floor, mm-hmm. in in the same way that Han dips into the floor. So it's yeah. almost like that Indiana Jones. Yeah. No, no. So Harrison Ford I realized that before like, we get into this, we skipped over something that I wanted to talk about. We skipped over the scene where Darth Vader. We talked about it a little bit. We didn't really go in depth. Where Darth Vader. First time we ever see the Emperor, he has a Skype call with the Emperor. <laughs> you know? <Boop>. Yeah. <laughs> and the Emperor, um, this is not Force Skype. This is just regular Skype, you know? Force this is not Last Jedi Force Skype. This, this is, is Skype different. LLC. Yeah, this is old school. Or not, I guess that one's more old school. I don't know. Which one's more old school? Force Skype is, de- well, I don't know. It's yeah. Far, yeah. Far away. Long ago. Yeah, we'll have to ask Lucasfilm on that. Yeah. Um, but the Emperor's like, hey, I know who this kid is now. This kid is the son of Anakin Skywalker. And Darth Vader's like, how can that be? Um, and Sidious, is, doesn't he say that this, or he says, hey, he needs to be destroyed because the force is strong with him. Hmm. And that, I've heard that a thousand times. And as I was preparing for this episode this week, um, I heard that again. And it struck me in a different way this time, where that language of the force is strong with him or He's strong. In, it's not he's strong in the force. The force is strong with him. That's that's what it is. And so um, that's a very interesting choice of words. Because that's the way Yoda described it. Yeah. With. Yeah. The force is strong with him. And there he's afraid. You get the sense that the emperor is afraid of this kid yeah. because the force is strong with him. And he's afraid that the force is trying to overthrow him. You know, the force is putting together this thing. Like if the force might be trying to overthrow him, the force is strong with this kid. It's working with this kid. Mm-hmm. And that for me ties in so well with the last Jedi where Snoke is talking to Ray and he's like, I knew that when Kylo was getting sh- stronger in the force that his, um, what is it? His like, nemesis and the light would rise mm-hmm. you know and that that's so interesting because snoke knows hey we're messing with things that we shouldn't be messing yeah. with now we're getting into powers that are not supposed to be here and you know what the force is going to fight back mm-hmm. the force is going to bring something up that's going to um 
try to take us down. And I, I, I love that. I hate how everybody turns that line into the idea that the force is a dualistic Mm -hmm. force basically in that, um, it has to, because Kylo Ren's so dark in the dark side and strong in the dark side, it has to equal it out with someone strong in the light side. And I just don't think that's accurate. I think it's Snoke saying, Hey, we're, we're messing around with some bad stuff. The force is going to react and you get that same sense here. Um, and I just love that. And so then that's when Vader's like, Hey, we could turn him. He could be an ally, you, you know? know? Hey, you know, my son, yeah. you know, you could, we could, yeah. we could not. It's such a good him. sizzle too. Cause you're like, how do ooh, he knows him? I guess. Yeah. We did learn that Darth Vader killed his dad. So I guess he's, you know, yeah. like you, they do a really good job of like foreshadowing without giving mm-hmm. anything away. Um, so yeah, Luke is going through cloud city, which is abandoned. I just love the whole scene of Luke sneaking around and like, vaguely seeing everybody else and then Leia's like it's a trap Luke run Luke and he's like oh crap you know like you would think that Luke would immediately go after them because he's here to save his friends mm-hmm. um, but then he gets funneled into the the carbonite chamber where where there's just the whole design of that chamber is amazing. Like the, how dark it is, oh, wow. like the illuminated floor. I love what they do with lights in every, almost every setting that's yeah. in, inside the lights line. Like it's amazing. Wall. Yeah. It's, it's so very good. dark. Mm-hmm. It's scary. He walks in there and Darth Vader just ignites that lightsaber. And he's like I said last week, this is my favorite Darth motor, Darth, Darth motors, Darth Vader moment. Josh starting a car company. Oh, I had a stroke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader moment. Where he set, he ignites that lightsaber and he's like, the, f- the force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. But you are not. It's a so Jedi menacing. Yet. It's so yeah. scary. Because that's his biggest insecurity. It's like, yeah. hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, you're not what you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And you're just terrified. Nice to you're see like, you too. This, oh. from the get go, you're like, Luke has no shot. Luke has no shot. Yeah. And I love how Darth Vader's just sitting up there with his lightsaber and Luke walks up to him. And whips out his lightsaber like anything. really ferociously, mm-hmm. like he like does this whole move. <laughs> and Darth Vader's just like, mm. okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they start to fight. I the, I struggle with my favorite lightsaber fights. The first half of this one's weaker, but the second half of it, like so when Vader falls mm-hmm. away and then they bump into each other again. Yeah, the second half is very cool. Yeah. So my thing is, I think this is the coolest setting of a lightsaber fight. Yeah. And I think it's. It's tied with, or not tied. I think it's. I think it's a little bit cooler than a Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. I think that was an awesome setting for a lightsaber fight. Mm-hmm. But I just think this is better. It's darker. Yeah. Um. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Everything in this scene lets you know that Luke is gonna get destroyed. Like you, you just know he's never gonna win. This is not a fight that he can win, because he left his training early. Right. Um. And then there's penalty for that. Yeah. His arm gets There's consequences. <laughs> yeah. So the whole fight, like, I love that scene where Luke goes into that tunnel. Like, after Darth Vader goes away. Light, like he, again, yeah. it's like the light wraps up. Yeah, the light oh. is all, it's so good. And he's terrified. You can see his sweat. Like, he looks like crap. He yeah. doesn't look good. Um, he's, he's sweating. He's tired, terrified. And he's walking through this thing. And all of a sudden, sees Darth Vader. And Darth Vader attacks him with a bunch of inanimate objects. That's my least favorite part. Yeah, I agree. Because Luke is just like swinging Yeah, vaguely, wildly. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, where's another box coming from? Right. <laughs> you know? It's one of those that you're like, right. if you could have just made it today, it would yeah. be so cool. And you get the sense like Darth Vader's just totally toying with him. He could have mm-hmm. killed him any moment, but he's trying to just completely break him down. 
um, leads him out onto the iconic. I don't even know what that well, is. I mean, like it's like he's, he's Pokemon trainer approaching this because <laughs> you don't want to use you don't your kill him. you don't want to use your biggest move. Yeah. and kill him, and then you can't capture him. Yeah, like if exactly. Vader really wants to turn him, mm-hmm. you got to use Tail Whip a few times. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's fighting him and kicks him down to that scaffolding, which is just iconic. And they start fighting on that, and Vader just you know goes ham on him, starts just breaking like. Mm-hmm. Gets hit hitting on, him hit constantly, and then uh, he uh, cuts his arm off. Yep. And as a little kid, man, horrific. Yeah. To see your hero lose his hand, that's oh my! I was I was mortified. Yeah, it was terrible. Um. So yeah, cuts his hand off. Then Luke continues to crawl out. He doesn't give up. He keeps yeah. crawling back. Um, loses the lightsaber, which that's like my favorite lightsaber. I mean, it comes back, but like that, mm. I love that lightsaber. Like it's, the, I think it's the coolest design. And I was just like, no. Um, yeah. And then this is where he tells him, hey, Obi Wan never told. Or first off, he's trying to get him to join him. Yeah. He's like, I'll know? never join you. Yeah, I'll never join you. Um, he's like, Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father. And he's, he's like, like I t- he told me enough. Yeah, he told me you killed him. Um, no. Yeah, he says no. I am your father. Big reveal. <gasps> yeah, massive moment. Obviously, probably the biggest moment of Star Wars ever. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's crazy. So we learn interesting things about Luke here. Luke doesn't believe it at first. He he doesn't want to believe it. We, as an audience, don't want to believe it. We're like, oh, he's lying. I guarantee you there were people back then that were like, oh, he's lying. Mm-hmm. He's lying. Just like people think, you know, like Kylo Ren is lying to... Ray about who she is. Just Which like you think that. he is. <laughs> this is different. I can't wait to talk Name about that. Name one similarity between the movies now <laughs> and the movies. There are no You're right. similarities. There's, there's no porks. You're right. Um, <laughs> there's oh, no. Those are my favorite background characters. Oh, porks. The okay. Porgs, yeah, man. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Except for the the one that you ate. He didn't eat it. He just killed it. Well, I mean, needlessly, and <laughs> he should have eaten it. No. Um. So yeah. Like we learned some very interesting things about Luke that he, first he doesn't believe it. And second, like he won't, he still won't join him mm-hmm. even though like everything's stacked up against him. If there's any point you would join the dark side. It's now where your entire yeah. life's on the line. So you start to think that Luke is, it's less of a story about him yeah. and more a story about the force in general. And he, yeah. he believes that. Yeah. And he, we see his selflessness because Luke is a selfless character. Whereas in the beginning of a new hope, he was very selfish. Yeah. You know, he's, he was very self-centered, focused on him on what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go. And we see now, um, he's, he's selfless. He goes and he, he tries to rescue his friends. He fails. Um, but even when everything's stacked against him in the moment that Yoda and Obi-Wan were fearing most has come, he won't give in to the dark side. Mm-hmm. He won't, he'd rather, he'd rather almost kill himself. You know, when you when he jumps off that thing, you have to imagine that he was not thinking he would come out of that. You yeah. know, he he would rather die than join the dark side, which mm-hmm. just shows you like, okay, you know, he didn't learn all of his lessons, but he learned a little bit. Yeah, he learned right. enough. So now, this is the third edition of Upside Down Luke. Right when, when he falls, falls through the floor. We missed the second one. I know we didn't talk yeah, about it. That's we fine. Can talk about it now. Uh, and he's dangling mm-hmm. in in Cloud City, mm-hmm. and the first time he's like struggling, not very powerful, yeah, not very strong, and like the Force 
his his view of the force is about him. He's all, all alone, like mm-hmm. by himself. The second time, still struggling, mm-hmm. still has a really like self-centered view of his journey in the force, uh, and is trying to like develop those skills. Mm-hmm. And then this one where it's like, yeah. it, it actually happens after the conflict, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the upside down Luke with the Wampa, mm-hmm. it's before the conflict with the Wampa. Right. Upside uh, upside down Luke on Dagobah, mm-hmm. it's before the the cave, I think. Yeah. Uh, and upside down Luke here is after the conflict in the Uh scene. Uh, and it, it shows that he is like his view of the force isn't self-centered. His Mm -hmm. view of the macro story of the universe, uh, isn't self-centered in that he would rather give his life up than join the dark side. Yeah. So it's kind of like three points of development for him. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that scene is beautiful by the way. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifying too, just cause it's like, if you're afraid of heights at all, like that's a terrifying scene. He's yeah. hanging on by nothing. Um, and it's just so just everything from the design, everything is driving home the failure of Luke. And it's just, he's hanging on, mm-hmm. barely hanging on to life. Um, and just found out his father is Darth Vader. Now here's my soapbox about the whole Ray thing okay. and the Luke thing. Um, we are all expecting Ray to be somebody important's daughter. And she is. Because of this one. Yeah. Because of Empire, where Luke is, you know, Darth Vader's son. And I think sometimes, because of the prequels and because of who we know Anakin is and because of Return of the Jedi, that we know Anakin comes back. We, we romanticize that this notion of Luke being Darth Vader's son. Mm-hmm. But that's like finding out Hitler is your dad. You know, it's not a good thing to find out. That's not a, that's not something anybody wants to find out. This is not a classic trope of, oh, well, my dad's the king, you know, this is, that's not what it is. It's not, it's not an orphan story about, um, finding out that, oh, you're actually royalty. That's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. This is about, he, he's, there's a lesson to be learned here. And there's a message to all, all these different kids who are struggling because they have bad dads, bad parents that you don't have to follow into that same thing. Yeah. And there's a massive lesson to be learned in that. I think so many times people skip over that just because they think, oh yeah, like he's, he's Anakin Skywalker's son who's like super powerful in the force and all this stuff and the chosen one. But mm-hmm. we don't think about the fact that Luke just found out that his dad is Hitler. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a horrible thing to learn and it gives you a lesson. It gives something for Luke to grow beyond. Yeah. And with Ray, I think that there's nothing that they could have done that would have given us a better lesson. Does that make sense? Yeah. If she's Luke's daughter, there's not a ton of lessons there. She automatically knows who she is. She's fine. She finds out who she is and she finds her place, which in the force awakens is what she's looking for. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want, I don't want to get too into this because I want to save this for that stuff. But I just think that the biggest lesson to be learned there is, Hey, my parents are terrible people and they're nobody and they left me and they abandoned me. But you know what? The force is giving, like the force is choosing me. The force is giving me a destiny, and I'm gonna follow that. And I'm not gonna be like my parents. I'm not gonna follow into that. Um, I'm not gonna let myself be defined by what my parents did, yeah. which is what Luke does. Hmm. He, I'm, he doesn't let himself be defined by what his parents did. Um, so that's my soapbox with that whole thing. I think that this it, it offers again just another layer of depth, where you're like, yeah, this this is a lot more than just about spaceships and lasers. Yeah. This is about you know, family dynamics. This is about struggles and overcoming things. And, um, it's a story with just incredible depth. Yeah. 
So it ends. Lando's on their side. Mm-hmm. Luke gets the robot arm. Yeah, immediately. That's my thing with this movie. Everybody says it's the darkest, which it is. I think it's in tone the darkest, but Luke loses his his hand and immediately gets a new one. Mm-hmm. Han Solo gets captured, gets rescued within yeah. the first 20 minutes of the sec- or the yeah. third movie. So, um, yeah, there's not the stakes are not massive in this movie as as they are huge in the next one, mm-hmm. but they're intimately massive. Yeah. Um, in a in a closer proximity and like more intimate way. Um, but yeah, so this this movie just carries through the theme of submission that we have in um, A New Hope. And it plays it out on a much bigger scale, and but also a much smaller scale and much more intimate scale. And we learn a lot more about the force. We learn a lot more about um, what it means to fight the darkness within. And yeah, that's our thoughts on Empire Strikes Back. We would love it if you guys would leave a review. If you've listened this far, reviews help us big time. Um, Riley, anything left to say? Uncle Owen. That's <laughs> great. That was great. All right, well, have a good time. That's <laughs> it for this episode.